Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. And I hope that you're having a wonderful weekend social distancing somewhere in the great outdoors. Well, for many hunters like myself, I'm going to be in a deer stand this afternoon. And yes, the fall season is upon us. We are there. Going on those 90-degree days and cooler evening temperatures, they just add to the chill that so many of us look forward to. Leaves are beginning to change into their fall fire foliage. And I can tell you, the fire pit's stoked up and... Uh, we're going to have that thing roar when we come back in from the woods. Well, for many, this season is what we wait for, and this is the long-awaited start of our annual fall ritual outdoors. Whether it's hunting or fishing, you know, food plots have been planted and prepared. Oats, wheat, clover, rape, turnips, beets, radishes, and more have been planted. In addition to maybe corn or beans that were put in the ground back in the spring. Well, stands and blinds, they've been set up strategically at pinch points and along scrape lines where the first white oaks are dropping acorns. And, uh, you know, for many young hunters, they've already sat with dads and moms or other mentors during first youth seasons, learning some of the important lessons of the hunt. Yes, that long-awaited season is here. And, you know, for me, it opened with a muzzleloader on September 14th in the great state of Kansas. And I was lucky my tag was punched, uh, my best scoring whitetail ever at 208 and 6 eighth inches. And uh, my season's been made. The rest of the season is totally devoted to my kids and my grandkids. Well, on this week's show, we're talking whitetails and many elements that make pursuing them the crown jewel of hunting. The magic of deer hunting has captivated hunters young and old from north to south, east to west for many generations. There's more deer hunters than any other type of game that's pursued and you know as a result they drive hunting license and hunting equipment sales which are important very important to the funding of a broad range of conservation programs with whitetail mule deer and elk seasons already in progress or in some states opening up uh, real soon later this month you're going to have to head on out to Bass Pro Shops Cabela's for everything that you need for big game and small game alike. And let me tell you, the waterfowl selection cannot be beat. So don't forget the large selection of hunting gear online as well. Check it out at BassPro.com and Cabela's.com. And at checkout, please consider rounding up your purchase for conservation in support of the Bass Pro Shops Outdoor Fund. Well, as I mentioned, today we're talking whitetail deer, doing it with two icons of the whitetail world, Mark and Terry Drury. But before we meet Mark and Terry, here to open the first segment of Bass Pro Shops is communication specialist, Faith Roan. Faith, welcome back to Outdoor World. Good morning, Rob. Thanks again for having me. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful time of year, and, uh, you know, the weather's getting cool. How about Flannel Fest? Tell us about that. I've been yeah, reading about it. Is fall without a good flannel, Rob? If flannels are for fall, they're for family, they're for time spent outdoors, and at Bath Pro Shops and Cabela's, we have flannels in all sizes and colors. So our whole team is getting very excited for Flannel Fest, which will be taking place at the end of this month, starting October 22nd and running through November 4th. So we invite everyone to come out um, in store and stock up on those warm flannels for the cold season ahead. You know, there's lots of different patterns, different colors. And you know what else is there for this cool weather is quite an assortment of warm weather jackets and long underwear and all the kind of things that uh, not only hunters look for, but, you know, there's something for everybody in the family. And, uh, What's your favorite fall garment? You know, we've got some, you know, with down, we've got them with hollow fill, we've got them with all kinds of things. Uh, Faith, do you have a, a favorite that you like to pull on, uh, maybe a sweater or jacket here during this season? You know, we have some great patterns in our natural reflections women's line for flannel this year, and I've been scoping them out and ready to get my hands on them to wear during Flannel Fest. 
<laughs> well, you know, another thing that uh, uh, hasn't taken a backseat, and that's golf with Bass Pro Shops in Paynes Valley. Man, oh, man, I watched that on the Golf Channel. What a beautiful course. Tell us about Paynes Valley. This is new for most people listening right now. Tell us about Paynes Valley. Yes, for those of you who missed it on the Golf Channel recently, Tiger Woods visited the Missouri Ozarks to open his newest course, Paynes Valley, at Big Cedar Lodge. And he participated in the Paynes Valley Cup, which was an American versus European match. I think Tiger was pretty happy with the results. He and Justin Thomas were able to outlast Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy for the victory on his own course. So we were feeling great about that. Um, And we had a special visit on the 19th hole, which was specially designed by our founder and owner, Johnny Morris. Um, That special visit was from our friends Gary Player and Jack Nicholas, who met Tiger, Thomas, Roseanne McElroy there to finish up the Paynes Valley Cup. And if you missed it, it'll be airing in December on NBC. So be on the lookout for that December 26th and 27th. I'll tell you, Jack and Gary, what great human beings. And, uh, you know, I remember Gary Player uh, at the Legends Tournament. I interviewed both of them, and he said, you know, you Americans uh, are spoiled. He said, I've played every golf course uh, around the world. But he said, you Americans, when you wake up, should kiss the ground every morning for what you have. And, you know, he's, he's so right. We are so blessed, so blessed to live in this land of the free. And, you know, the beauty of Payne's Valley well, they just uh, put the crown on top of what uh, Tiger developed. And uh, this is open now to the public. And uh, how many courses does that make at Big Cedar Lodge? This is the beautiful number five course of the nature golf that you can find at Big Cedar Lodge. Well, well, Faith, thanks so much for the update. Lots happening at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's and uh, throughout our world. Happy October. Well, we're going to move to our break. We return. Going to have Mark and Terry Drury of Drury Outdoors joining us. And this is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located 10 miles south of Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here. At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere, with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Cafe, all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000 square foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-LODGE. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And for the rest of the show, we're going to be joined by my good friends, legends of the outdoors, Mark and Terry Drury. I can tell these renowned whitetail and wild turkey authorities are native Missourians and They've dedicated their lives to bringing outdoors men and women the highest quality products that are available today. You know, I got to know Mark back in the days when he was at the top of the competitive turkey calling world, having won no less than six world titles in his more than 150 wins. And I can tell you, he's a true innovator and competitor. Their passion for wild turkey and deer hunting management led them into the creation of Drury Outdoors and their award-winning television shows. They've, well, they've been entertaining and they've been educating us for more seasons than I can even begin to count. And they've dedicated their entire careers to bringing that insight, that excitement into the viewers' homes and into hunting camps year in and year out. Well, both Terry and Mark 
Health's truest passion lies with land management and ensuring that the quality of healthy wildlife populations exist on their farms. Both members are legends of the or members of the Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame. I want to welcome these two proud dads and loving husbands, Mark and Terry Drury. Terry, welcome to Outdoor World, Mark, and welcome back to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. Thank you well, for having us. Well, you know, I'm just honored i mean it's that time of year and anybody that thinks about deer and deer hunting they got to think about you guys and you know just thanks for taking time away from the deer stand and sharing this passion about deer and deer hunting and deer management you know it's it's such a an honor to have you both on the show i've had mark it was about a year ago when we were at nwtf but you know over the last eight months uh this country's been really challenged with a lot of different things and what have you two guys been doing during the COVID pandemic, and what's life been like over the, the last several months? You know, I'll, I'll kick that off by saying that it was rather surreal. I'm, I'm sure you experienced some of the same things, Rob, uh, but, you know, kind of being quarantined there at home for about a two-month period was rather odd for Mark and I <laughs> because we just have not spent the quality time with our wives and families like we should. So uh, we spent some very, very valued time with with our wives and and enjoyed every minute of it you know sitting there watching uh some shows on on television and movies that we had never seen and and uh, i'll be honest our offices were were semi shut down you know we might have had one or two people kind of going in there just to uh, take care of some of the daily work but uh you know we did the best that we could so it was it was a rather odd odd time for all of us well, I'll tell you what, it was great to have families. Uh, I think fam- the silver lining in this family is just we're drawn closer together. And, uh, you know, it, it's been neat to watch you guys, your families, grow up on outdoor television. And, you know, tell us what having family involved in, in your business and, of course, hunting with you and sharing the love of the outdoors. Mark, what, what's that been like? You know, I think it's a, an extreme motivator uh, many people say it's it's hard to work with family, but we find it quite the opposite. It's very rewarding. Um, you don't count hours. You just count your blessings. And, you know, for Terry and I, when we were younger, we used to not always see eye to eye. But as we've aged and we look now towards Matt and Taylor, it really motivates Terry and I to get in that stand the next time or to go do that next appearance or have that next meeting or whatever it is, because we want to see our children uh, go forward with the brand and and take it to levels that we couldn't even dream of. And they're already doing that for us. So it's been uh, very rewarding for Terry and I to watch Matt and Taylor grow into the adults they've now become and the business people they've become. Both of them uh, make make both of us very proud. Well, I know. And Terry, it looks like you guys are having fun all the time. Is that true? <laughs> I do. As, as I get a little bit older, uh, I'm not quite as serious as I once was about, you know, where you thought you had to harvest the game or you had to do this or you had to do that. It's become more about making sure that we enjoy the sport, making sure that we share that with others and making sure those others, you know, enjoy it with us. And I, and I think that's first and foremost is trying to instill that in uh, even Matt and Taylor. I know uh, Matt gets caught up in it at times because he's, he's limited on the number of hours that he can hunt. But I enjoy being in camp with Mark and Taylor and, and, and even mom. It's, it's uh, time to have fun and try to spread that, that fun amongst everybody that you hunt with. Yeah, well, talking about mom, Mark, you got to tell us, what was it like to be with your mom in the blind, to see her take her first whitetail and then her second? Tell us about that. <laughs> It shook me up. I mean, I was just so nervous for her because we practiced and, and you know how it is when you're hunting with someone else, you want it to happen probably worse than they do sure. and you want everything to go right, but yet you're out of control. You don't have control of the, of the weapon at the moment. So therefore it's a very high, high tension time. And I, I was just quite nervous for mom. I wanted her to succeed and I didn't want her to have a, a poor experience out there. And Man, when she sunk that that bolt, she was shooting a crossbow <laughs> yeah. through that first doe. I was elated, and then the next <laughs> night she shot a a thirteen point buck that scored one forty. And I mean, I was just uh, jumping with joy. It was just one of those surreal moments in, in hunting. One I'll never forget. No, oh, I, I know. I mean, I was so happy for both of you because I watched both both of those kills, and uh, 
I think your mom, she's already become a pretty good uh, deer hunting critic from what I've seen on DeerCast. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? God bless her. At her age to adapt to the technology in our world and be able to communicate. I mean, she is on that iPad or that iPhone endlessly. And Terry can attest to that. We we love her dearly. And I can't wait to have her back in this coming fall. She'll be here within the next couple of weeks, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, how old is your mother? Tell our listeners. She's, she's 87. So she killed those deer at the age, the ripe young age of 86. And, oh you know, gosh. our our father passed away in 17, 2017. So it would have been easy for her to, you know, get withdrawn and stay at home and not be willing to, to go and do. But she's been very willing, very, uh, very accommodating for us because we've been somewhat pers- persuasive and mostly Mark. Mark has convinced her that this would be fun and he made it fun for her and just jump through hoops to be prepared and make sure that he had blinds in the right spot and, and really had a line on these, these particular deer. So I, I credit brother for all, all of this. He's done a tremendous job in getting mom out there and she's been willing to do it. Well, it's, you know, what, what a great example it is for those people listening and those people that actually saw it, uh, on the outdoor channel. Uh, you're never too old to start and, uh, man, to see how much fun, maybe that someone's been missing out on i just want to encourage everybody well look we've got a lot to talk about here and uh we're going to take our next break we return going to continue to explore the wonderful world of the whitetail with terry and mark this and a whole lot more coming right up here on bass pro shops outdoor world Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There could be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. Welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with two members of the Legends of the Outdoors National Hall of Fame, Mark and Terry Drury. Guys, how many TV, podcast, online shows do you guys produce? And, you know, share with us their titles, their focus, and where they can be found. Well, we we have the show 13, which is the one that... uh, the bulk of our content goes on, meaning myself, Terry, Matt, Taylor. We also uh-huh. have Bow Madness. We have Critical Mass. And we have Natural Born. The first three I mentioned are all on Outdoor Channel. The last one is on Sportsman's Channel. Uh, we do a fairly robust offering online as well through Dream Season Live and a, a <laughs> I don't know how many installments Matt and Tim have done of the 100% Wild podcast. Taylor has a series called Killing in the Kitchen. Uh, we also do DOD, DOD TV installments. We have the Avian X Turkey Tour. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite, an, you know, quite an offering. If you're looking for something Drury Outdoors related, you can find it somewhere, somehow, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, DeerCast, YouTube, or on TV. We try to hit, uh, hit people in as w- many ways as possible to put some entertainment and some education in front of them. Well, you guys do just such a tremendous job. You're covering so many bases. And, you know, when you put the positive spin, put the smiling face on on hunters and and the good that they do, the conservation work that, uh, you know, benefits not just deer, but so many different types of wildlife, uh, you guys got to be proud. If you collectively put together all of the followers on all those different media outlets, how how many would it be? How big is that universe? Terry, you know, I think we're we're touching around three million. I know two point four uh, on several of them at at, a, at collectively now. But I think if you added it all up, I think we're over three million. Man, that that is just unbelievable. And uh, 
you guys do such a great job and great ambassadors for for hunting and uh you know we are under such fire and we're going to talk more about that here in in upcoming segment but uh you know you guys put the positive face on what hunting is what it does and how it brings families together and all those kind of things well mark you're a multiple world champion turkey caller and both of you are passionate about turkey hunting but what is it about deer hunting that trips your trigger i'll let you both of you say that answer that one you know i think it's the process anymore as we age it's not necessarily about the shot it's the time and the process that led up to that shot and for me it's not necessarily the um me going out and killing one i really enjoy seeing others come into the farms i I own property in iowa and missouri and and have a lease in texas and terry owns property in missouri and a a lease in illinois and and i think he would he would uh echo this exact sentiment we love seeing others uh come in and and have that same excitement that we had when we were in our 20s and 30s so i enjoy sharing it whether it be with you know wade or perry my farm managers uh kyle which is wade's wife taylor certainly my mother a variety of different industry guests or brother terry whoever it is i enjoy camp i enjoy the process that leads to the actual harvest of the deer and certainly still enjoy sitting down to a good meal of venison so it's really Mm -hmm. about all the process that goes into hunting anymore that that excites me it's not necessarily about a particular deer unless of course he's a really big deer like the one you just (laughs) killed (laughs) terry how about you what trips your trigger on deer hunting you know, I would mirror that or echo the same exact thing, Rob. It's a, it is a calculated four-month-long chess match for us, which turns into 12 months because we do it literally year-round. We never, ever stop thinking about how to harvest a mature deer. So the chess match is really, I guess, the part that drives us. The, the pleasure, and I'm much like Mark, I enjoy watching someone else now. And I think the Wenzels, Barry and Gene wrote about this many, many years ago about the evolution of a hunter. And uh, we're to that point where we've had our fair share. We've harvested a few deer and, and we've gotten to the point where we enjoy watching someone else and watching their reaction, their emotions and all of those things that go into it is the part that gives us pleasure now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tell us about deer cast. We see a lot of uh, great deer that are taken by, you know, I'm so excited about seeing some of these young kids, some of these youth seasons, and uh, seeing with some of the giants that uh, they've had experience with. How can someone access deer cast? Tell us about that tool. DeerCast can be most easily accessed through DeerCast.com. There's a free version that you can log into and sign up today if you choose. There's also a pro pro version, which is $9.99 annually, or or an elite version, which is $19.99 annually. And the the you know the level of uh, things that are offered within DeerCast go up as as you go up in in pay tier there. But mm-hmm. DeerCast, we tried to do that, or we wanted to do that about three or four years ago, so that we could have a a platform that helped people become better hunters. We've always tried to be educational in our shows or in in anything we do, uh, because we always say we're not very funny, we're not very good luck, very good looking. So we have to make sure we've got some information out there. So we did that about three or four years ago, and we just continued to add different layers to DeerCast to make hunting easier, more enjoyable. We've got an incredible social media feed within there, our, our news feed. We've got our predictive algorithm. The entire Drury Outdoor library is found within there so there's a lot of different things for people to sink their teeth to teeth into and that news feed i mean we do a deer cast daily there's a new story that goes out every single day that's all part of the free tier and of course the things you're talking about all of those big deer from all across the country uh hit that news feed and you you find out about them first and it's kind of a collection of hunters all across the country all, almost all of the commenting, one of the things we're most proud of is always positive within DeerCast. It's, it really does highlight the positive side of hunting when you see hunters in there congratulating each other, sharing the, their success, sharing their knowledge, and all of us trying to get better and, and enjoy the sport. Yeah, well, you've, you've really nailed it there. And, uh, you know, you used a word that uh, I'm not sure I understand the definition and we probably got some some listeners here for a bunch of old country boys use a word like algorithmic uh how about defining that and 
as soon as you define it, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the algorithmic predictions of deer movement through deer cast. What does that word mean? <laughs> Boy, Rob, <laughs> you're going to send us into a dictionary here and look at it. <laughs> answer. All we know is there's some techie guys that took 75 or 80 years of experience that Mark and I put together. And we truly are very analytical observers. So every time we went a field, we were observing whitetail movement, wanting to know why they moved and why they didn't move. And then All Mark right. and I would compare notes every each and every evening saying, OK, I had this wind or I had that barometer. I had this moon phase. Uh, and there's we found out right. and we collectively have uh, <laughs> taken 13 different influencers. And those influencers are what we felt as though made particularly mature deer get up on their feet and move during daylight hours all right and i'm going to stop you right right there we got to take this break we're going to come back to that we've got lots more to talk about and uh continue this conversation explore this wonderful world of whitetails this and a whole lot more coming right up and i'm rob keck your host here on bass pro shops outdoor world this is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the gurus of Drury's DeerCast, Mark and Terry Drury. I cut you off, but I'm going to come back to that question again. I, I really just wanted uh, uh, a definition of algorithm. But uh, you guys, you talk about algorithmic predictions of deer movement through DeerCast. And, you know, for all of us, we're always searching for, you know, when is the best time to hunt? Um, I had one, one of my old mentors told me just when you can. So anyway, what is it about and how does this app work? Tell us about that, Terry. I'm going to let you pick up from where I cut you off. Yeah, it, it really was 75 or 80 years of experience and observation. We're very, very analytical observers. So we continued comparing notes each and every day after an evening sit or a morning hunt and saying, why did they move today and they didn't yesterday? Or, or what caused them to move at uh, 2 p.m. or 10, 10 a.m.? All of these questions back in the day, 25, 30 years ago, we wanted answers to. So we continued you know, with the analysis and then tried to document and, and collectively take that data and store it. And then we started comparing notes. And then what caused them to get up on their feet? Well, those 13 influencers, whether it's a, uh, you know, a weather variable or a moon variable, but we saw a lot with barometric pressure and a lot with wind speed, a lot with moon phase, and then on and on and on. And we took those and weighted them differently because each and every one of those uh, influencers was not the same throughout the rut. You know, it was uh -huh. different early season than it was late season. It was different in the rut than it was early season, different uh, throughout the entire season. So every one of those influencers got weighted differently as the season progressed. And all of those 13 influencers are you combined into this algorithm. And the algorithm collectively takes that information and that data, and then it spits out a, a, a uh, predictor that says when deer will be up on their feet and moving during daylight hours. And uh, fortunately, we tied up or hooked up with a company that had the technological gurus that could put all that information together. The gentleman that, that created it and worked on it was a pilot, so he understood weather very well and weather conditions. And I think that was instrumental in, in uh, correctly formulating this algorithm. And I'll let Mark add to that a little bit, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, Rob. 
Okay. Yeah, Mark? I think you I think you handled it quite well, Terry. I, I couldn't add to that too much. It it predicts it. The cool part about it is it predicts it in an hour by hour basis in your location. So the algorithm mathematically takes the conditions wherever you're at, if your locations are on or if you have a predetermined location set into Deercast, and it will on an hour by hour basis tell you in as much as ten days in advance. Uh, how the deer should be moving. Now, as the weather forecast changes, the algorithm is going to change and the prediction will change. So as you get closer to the, the actual day, say within two or three days of the actual hunt day, it's quite accurate. I feel like it's greater than 90% accurate from what, mm. I, from what I see. Okay. If you had a choice of the season, the time, the conditions, the moon phase, etc., what is your dream time to hunt? One answer. Oh, <laughs> that's very hard. If, if I had to pick, <laughs> that's very challenging. I, I really, really love late October in Iowa. Um, you get those deer, those big mature deer before they're doed up. It's a, it's a phase we call pre-lock on 13. And if you're on them, on their bedroom, you're on food, and you get a, a cold front coming in with high pressure that is at optimal range for the time frame, not too high, not too low, with a rising moon in the afternoon, which we actually have those conditions this coming fall. If we get the weather, we've got a rising moon in late October this year. As we come into the full moon, the five to seven days previous, pr- prior to the full moon, the moon will be rising in the afternoon. The five to seven days following the full moon date, it will be falling of a morning. So I think the moon condition is ideal for this coming late October. So that would be my pick. But, I mean, man, there's there's others that are second, third, <laughs> fourth that are, I mean, you're splitting hairs to pick that, honestly. It really comes down to that weather and, and the phase. Terry, how about you? When is your dream time? Well, because my main farm is located here in Missouri and I spend a lot of time in Missouri here, I'm conversely... Uh, and I love that last part of October as well, but conversely, I like those first seven to 10 days of November in the mornings. And I love a setting moon, a moon that's falling in the mornings. Uh, typically if you can get a high pressure morning and that moon is still hanging up in the sky for a little while, Rob, Mm -hmm. it holds them up on their feet just a little bit longer before they go back to bed. And I like to be in that bedroom in a tree stand, uh, on the first seven to 10 days of November and a cold, cold morning. It just doesn't get cold enough to suit me. I hear you. Well, look, we all love big deer and anybody that's pursued big deer know that, uh, there's a little difference between them and just the rest of the herd. Mark, talk to us about big deer tendencies versus just general deer tendencies. You know, big deer, uh, there, I think a lot of people say, well, they're smart and they are, but I think some of the perception that they're so smart comes from the fact that they don't move very often during daylight hours. I mean, there have been deer that we have monitored very closely with trail cameras. And of course, visually that I swear move during daylight hours about three or four days throughout the entire fall. And Mm -hmm. part of that is they get almost a little bit lazy later in life. I don't know how you would put um, human years into deer years, but by the time a buck reaches physiological maturity at age four and a half, he's starting to slow down just a little bit in terms of how much he's going to roam and how much he's going to move. You, you take a buck that's five or six years old, and I mean, they come to a screeching halt how much they move. They don't move very far. They move very slowly. They move very methodically. They know what they're doing. I've seen bucks older in age that don't even seem to care as much about the rut like they did when they were, you know, two and a half, three and a half. Compare that to a Uh, a teenage boy up through their thirties. And then all of a sudden you get into your, you know, fifties, sixties and seventies, like the three of us are, we tend to slow down just a little bit. So I always try to put it into human terms, but older deer just don't move during daylight very much. That's why things have to be perfect. You have to be at the right time of the year. You've got to have the right conditions. And by all means, you can't intrude too much into their bedroom. So it's, it's a different game hunting mature deer, versus does younger bucks i mean a completely different game it's exactly why we did deer cast i'm on the same page with you well look that's going to take us to our next break we return going to continue our discussion with mark and terry this and a whole lot more coming right up and i'm rob keck your host here 
on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. Welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us. And if you've just tuned in, we're talking with the award-winning television hosts, Hall of Famers, and the owners of Drury Outdoors, Terry and Mark Drury. Guys, as we know, the most important election in our lifetime is coming very soon. Talk to us about our collective voting power as gun owners, as hunters, and as conservationists. Terry, take it away. You know, what a what a right that we have been bestowed upon us as as United States citizens to be able to aid in the decision making process of of who's in charge, who's the president. Uh, You know, never have I seen a level of importance much like what we're going through right now, Rob. It's it's uh, it's a right that all of us should take advantage of to voice our opinion you know, depending on which side you fall on, uh, you're really hurting yourself by not voting. You know, we will encourage everyone out there, particularly hunters, you know, that have a, a vested interest in what's going on and the decision making process as far as the Second Amendment is concerned. Uh, but, man, take advantage of that right. Voice your opinion. Be a part of, of the uh, mass that decides who's in charge of our country. And, uh, you know, conservation Hunters, gun owners, all of those people have a, a, a right and have a say, and we would highly encourage them to make sure they go out and vote. Well, you're so right. And one of the things that we've found, some of the research that we've done, especially in those swing states, we have found that hunters and anglers are not reliable when it comes as a voting block. In fact, we found in some states like Pennsylvania that uh, out of the almost 1.5 million uh, outdoorsmen and women in that state, that uh, almost 500,000 of them didn't vote or were not registered to vote in t- 2016 or 2018. So you've got to get out there, first of all, and register. And if you haven't registered yet, uh, I'm going to tell you, go online to hunt the vote. Uh, They're going to help you get that done. And uh, Mark, why don't you just add a word or two about that, too, because I know how passionate you are about this great land that we have, this land of the free. You know, that's a, those are striking statistics, as you say those, Rob. Um, it, it is so important for all of us to protect our lifestyle and our heritage. And you might not think it's a big deal, but you can almost see the undertow that's starting to take hold in our country And the future doesn't look bright, in my opinion, if the wrong party were to get into power. You start worrying about our Second Amendment rights. You start worrying about the ability to go out and hunt freely. Uh, You worry about uh, so many freedoms that we take for granted right now uh, going away. And I think, you know, to be passive or, or apathetic through this is inexcusable as a as a group of sportsmen. If you're not registered to vote, make sure that you do. If there's you know if if that number holds for, true for Pennsylvania, it, are a third of us are a third of us you know 13 to 15 million outdoor hunters and anglers not registered? Well, that could sway an election. Absolutely. Uh, so you you know because it last last time. It was within a few million votes on the popular side. Thank goodness for the Electoral College. Uh, actually, so that's inexcusable. As, a, as an outdoors person, we must register and we must exercise our right. 
Actually, Mark, it was 147,000 votes that got the win. So it is narrow. It's razor thin. And uh, I just encourage everybody. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. You'll figure that out. But uh, you've got to make sure that you're registered so you can do it. And, you know, Terry, you said about, uh, you know, your favorite time to be in that deer stand in November. Uh, There's going to be a lot of listeners out there right now that have plans to deer hunt uh, that first week in November, and make sure that you vote early, vote absentee. Don't miss that opportunity. Well, look, deer hunting drives license sales across this country, and the revenue, it's its critical for wildlife management, for hunter education, law enforcement, and more. And of great concern has been this steady decline in hunter numbers over the last two decades. Certainly, COVID has had a positive impact here uh, this year. But what are the reasons that you guys have seen as a cause of that decline, and how can we help stem that? Terry? You know, Rob, I, honestly, it felt as though when we were growing up, it was it was a lifestyle. We were in a rural area. We obviously, we didn't have phones and technology and digital media and all the things. We, we had, you know, uh, sporting events, but it was usually one night a week. It was on Friday night. So we didn't have a lot of options. You know, you either rode your bike or you went fishing or you went squirrel hunting or rabbit hunting or you gigged frogs or whatever you could do. (laughs) And you started in the outdoors early in the morning and you stayed all day and you came back in late at night. And I, I truly believe it was a lifestyle. And those lifestyles have changed with technology. You know, technology has changed it drastically. And so has sports. Uh, so I think there are other options that, that kids have today that we didn't have necessarily. And, yeah. and it seems as though that that lifestyle starts early. And, uh, if they have time, some of them, you know, make time to go hunting, but it, it seems like it's rather limited nowadays. So, you know, it's a lot of that is parenting, you know, and maybe priorities. If you want to take the priority and say it's sporting, I get that. A lot of guys playing ball and football and soccer and, and hockey and lacrosse and all those other things that they feel as though they may have a future either in junior college or college and possibly a scholarship and so on and so forth. I've got grandsons that are really involved in sports. And then I've got some that are really involved in hunting and, and the outdoor activity. So I do believe it as a lifestyle. I think we can encourage it. I know that DeerCast was part of our reasoning was to try and help some youngsters be successful when they went afield. Success is a huge part of that, keeping them engaged and making sure that they have a good hunt in front of them. And that was partially what DeerCast was all about. Yeah, well, so well said. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've seen a culture change since uh, the time we were kids growing up. And, uh, you know, so much has changed, as you've pointed out. And we've got a big challenge ahead of us, and we've got to really stem that. And certainly COVID uh, uh, has put people into the outdoors, which has been a good thing. And we've seen a shift. Uh, Maybe it was the shift that was needed in our industry to get people back in the outdoors. Well, look, it takes us right to our final break. We've got a lot more to talk about here in this last section, but we return going to be talking more about making you a better deer hunter with two icons of the whitetail world, Mark and Terry Drury. There's a whole lot more coming up. I'm Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need that longing to walk among the wild but it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back it's knowing we serve a purpose to give more than we take that we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife this place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And I can tell you, we're privileged today to have with us the hosts of, uh, well, a whole lot of different shows. Bo Madness, 13, 
uh, gosh, natural born, critical mass, and so much more. Mark and Terry Drury. Guys, September was Tree Stand Safety Month. And I know that many times, of course, you guys are in, in box blinds, tower stands, but I also know that you climb. I want to ask you, do you use a safety harness when climbing to a tree stand? And if you do, what type and how often? Terry? Absolutely. 100 uh, percent. A lot of conviction there that, you know, it's a muddy harness. We use muddy safe lines and just simply will not climb a tree without one. Now, I, I took a little scare a couple years ago, and sometimes you need a gut check and a wake-up call, yep. and, and uh, there's just no excuse, absolutely zero excuse now for not having a harness and a safe line in a tree. Yep. Well, Mark, are you changing stands with the changing of food sources throughout the season? You know, I, I see right here at my own house, uh, as we come in our lane, uh, the persimmons were falling, and every day we were seeing deer under those uh, under this one particular tree well they've played out and now we see those same deer does and fawns up here in the back field underneath the white oaks it just started dropping and so you know if i was hunting those deer i'd obviously have to make a chan- change and stand location so i, I want to ask you are you constantly changing stands with the changing food sources throughout the season and talk to us about that strategy we are absolutely doing that. If you look at where we're at right now here in early October, uh, we're in greener pastures. It's something Terry and I identified years ago that you go through the early part of the season in many states in mid-September, and then around late September, you start to see the bean bean fields turn and then defoliate. And all of a sudden, that deer herd collectively starts still, or they continue to seek out green, and they will shift what we call a green-to-green transfer from those huge agricultural green bean fields over to clovers and alfalfas, and perhaps it's a plot that you put in of brassicas or, or radishes. And then all of a sudden, the acorns start to fall. They shift again. Then start. Then things start to change within the rut cycle. They shift again. It's one of the reasons we did 13 uh, because of all of those light switch events. You can be on a deer one day or, or several days, and then all of a sudden he changes his patterns completely, and you're out of the game. So you've got to stay ahead of those patterns, or you're going to fall behind and stay behind the full year. If you go into deer cast, we break down all of those 13 phases and give tips for not only food sources, but also, uh, you know, active stand sites. Well, you know, a lot of times, though, those food sources aren't reliable. We have white oaks this year. We didn't have them last year. So how do you decide then which stand is right to hunt on that given day? I mean, I understand deer cast is there making great predictions, but, you know, when you have a bust on a food source, then what what are you doing? How are you making that determination, Terry? Well, I think you really have to be cognizant of that mast crop that you referred to. I sat in a white oak tree last night that had zero, zero acorns. Uh, so it was kind of a, one of those things I probably should have studied it a little, a little harder. <laughs> but I was sitting between two clover fields and over a standing cornfield. So with that being said, you know, this time of year, you really, really have to watch your thermals. At the end of the evening, when that wind, you know, dies down to zero, and, and you've got some thermals moving around, you want to be low in a bottom. You don't want to be up on a ridge because your thermals are dropping as that mm-hmm. earth starts to cool. And conversely, in the mornings, you like to hunt a little bit higher as the earth starts to warm up. Those thermals take your, your scent and it goes straight up into the air. So we're really, we're really cautious about thermals, but you've also got to watch wind speed. You've got to watch that barometer. Uh, the wind speed varies early season to late season. You know, as the foliage starts to fall off of those trees and the leaves all fall, all of a sudden you can get by with a certain wind direction that you weren't getting by with in early season because the, the leaves kind of blocked that thing and they and t- had a swirling effect. So it changes throughout the season as everything around you changes, green to grain. We watch that. As the temperatures start to drop, we're a little more inclined to, to stay towards grain. In these early seasons, when it's a little bit warmer, we're going to hug pretty close to the green fields. you got to watch the, the farmers around you when they harvest their crops. So there's a lot of variables that we really watch, Rob. And, and as a general rule of thumb, we watch that moon and we watch trying to keep those thermals. We hunt low in the, in the evenings and kind of high in the mornings as a general rule of thumb. Well, we are just running out of time. But, Mark, i got to ask you this. 
can you overhunt a stand just very quickly? Depends on the access. If you have good access in and out without spooking many deer, I don't think you can overhunt it provided your wind's blowing to a safe direction. However, if you're in the middle of a big block of cover and you're constantly affecting deer on the way in, way out, also with your wind, then absolutely you can indeed overhunt a stand. Well said. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, guys, we go back a long way, and I truly appreciate your friendship. And uh, how about just sharing a, a final thought with us here as we, uh, as we close out this, this show? You know, I would like to say, Rob, it's, it's always an honor to boast about our longstanding friendship, your dedication to the NWTF years ago, and now your dedication to conservation and promoting the outdoors and really, truly a wonderful partnership uh, between Drury Outdoors and Bass Pro Shops at Cabela's. So we, uh, we just cannot say enough good things about you and, and the longstanding friendship. We truly, truly are blessed to be a, a friend of yours. Well, I value your friendship as well, Mark. We have a deep admiration for you and for what you've accomplished. But we have watched you our entire lives and looked up to you as a leader. And uh, we, we try to follow your lead. And we just can't, can't tell you how much we've enjoyed our friendship, how much we love you, and how much we appreciate you. On behalf of sportsmen and turkey hunters and deer hunters all across the country, we want to say thank you, Rob. We really, well, really do appreciate it. Love you. You're kind. I, I just appreciate you guys so much. You're first class, been great friends, not just to me, but to our entire industry. All right, very quickly, how can people find you? What's your website so they can find out about all these different opportunities? BestBetsDeerCast.com. Everything we do at Dre Outdoors. You can go to DreOutdoors.com, but everything revolves through uh, DeerCast.com. You can also check us out at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Drury Outdoors. Uh, we're talking and, and connecting with people. You know, we post about 50 times a week and we do about 50 or 60 stories a week and we have multiple shows going up each week. So if you want to see some outdoor content, we, we have it there for you. Mark, Terry, thanks so much. I love you guys. Congratulations on all your achievements in the wild turkey and the whitetail world and what you do for the future of hunting. Folks, that's going to wrap it up right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I'm Rob Cack on behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call, that call to conservation and preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 